This is a Vault Studios production. It's March 31st, 1995. For Yolanda Saldivar, the past few weeks have been trying as her bond with Selena and the singer's family seems to be unraveling. They've already confronted her at least once about missing fan club money. Perhaps the strain is getting to 34-year-old Yolanda. The day before, March 30th, she returned to Texas with Selena after a trip to Monterrey, Mexico. Yolanda's sister, Elida, explained she was there to help Selena open another boutique. Yolanda was trying to help Selena open her boutique. She would tell her, you know, Selena, this is wrong, this is right, you know. She would advise her, you know, where she was standing and to look out. No, or really the people were working for her. And on this Monday morning, Celine is planning to meet with Yolanda at the hotel where she's staying in Corpus Christi. Yolanda's promised to share financial records that will prove there's nothing funny going on. The money is all there. But something else is going on. Yolanda tells Selena that she's been sexually assaulted in Mexico before returning home. Yolanda's sister remembers getting a call from her that morning. She called us that day in the morning, March 31st, at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the morning. And uh, she called us and she said, uh, I need to tell you all something. And then she said, oh, wait a minute, Selena's coming. I'll call you back, I'll call you back. And then she didn't call us back. But I guess that's what she was trying to tell us, that she was beaten up and that Selena was going to take her to the doctor. Instead of talking about financial issues, Selena takes Yolanda to a Corpus Christi hospital for medical care. Months later, in court, a nurse would testify about seeing Yolanda and Selena that morning. Patricia Biggs said Selena had brought Saldivar to the emergency room the morning of the murder and that Selena told her Saldivar had been raped in Mexico. But Biggs testified, I didn't see any evidence to indicate she had been assaulted. Selena and Yolanda returned to the day's inn, and back in Yolanda's room, room 158, Selena finally brings up the missing money. It's just the two of them, and no one can say except Yolanda exactly what happened in that room. But hotel workers soon hear gunshots, followed by a scene they'll never forget. The first calls to 911 start to come in. 911, what is your location? Uh, Days in Motel, it's 901 Navigation Boulevard. Oh, it's wrong, man. We have a woman ran in the lobby, said she's been shot. She's laying on the floor and there's blood. Okay, what room number? Okay. Where are you? What room? How old is she? She looks about 20. Okay, who saw her? Where is her? She's in the lobby right now? Yes, ma'am. She just passed out. Okay. You don't know anything else about who might have done it or anything like that? It's another lady. That's all I know. We're trying to find out. Yolanda? Okay, ma'am. Thank you. Another call comes in, this time with more details. Details about the shooter. 
Days in, housekeeper Rose Gattisa later tells reporters what she saw and heard that March morning. Well, when I, I saw the lady shooting at her, I went into like a shock. I didn't know whether to yell or just hide. So I just shut the door and called the, the front office and asked for help. There was two shots, and the first one was um, more like a car crash or something. So I ignored it because the hotel was near the freeway. And the second time, that's when I heard her asking for help. The details of what happened minutes earlier in room 158 and what followed will be examined and re-examined again and again in coming months and years. But several hotel employees do share a similar story. Selena running into the lobby and Yolanda close behind with a gun, a 38 caliber snub-nosed pistol. I saw Yolanda running after her. You know, but I didn't thought it was Selena until she was in the floor. Uh, Yolanda, she just like like ignored, like if nothing had happened, she turned around. She went back into the room and she was out, out standing in the room just swinging the, the, the gun. For now, what is clear is that Selena is fighting for life. The bullet entered the upper right of Selena's back and exited the front of her body. It's clear she's losing a lot of blood. Police and paramedics arrive on the scene. Selena is rushed into an ambulance. Police pull together initial witness reports and start putting together a picture of what's happened. We don't know exactly, but it's, it probably started in or near a room in the motel and it evolved into the parking lot. And then the victim uh, collapsed in the lobby of the hotel. And as Selena is rushed to the hospital, Yolanda takes refuge nearby. Refuge from police and from the reality of what she's done. She drives a red GMC pickup truck to the north parking lot and stops, not far from the days in registration lobby. Sitting inside the cab of that truck, Yolanda holds the gun that she fired at Selena, often waving it in the air and aiming it at her head as police and SWAT officers look on from a distance, ready to move in. But Yolanda isn't moving. She stays in the truck. On the other end of the phone line, Talking to the distraught and hopeless Yolanda Saldivar is veteran Corpus Christi Police Sergeant Larry Young. For hours and hours, he tells Yolanda to put the gun down, to surrender. You know, it takes a strong person to go through something traumatic in their life and then to make a decision, a decision that will change their life again, back to the positive things. I have no dignity at all. I have no dignity at all. You will have dignity. When you put that gun down, you will see that you will will be reborn again. When you put that gun on on the floor of that truck, you have made up your mind that life is worth living. You have made up your mind to do the right thing for yourself and your family and your friends. You have dignity. People respect decisions like that. But that March day drags on and Yolanda stays put. And gradually, as the standoff continues, the news starts to spread. Selena, the Tejano superstar, has been killed, murdered by the president of her fan club. Sarah Lucetto was a reporter working in a local Univision station in San Antonio when the news started to spread. Sitting there, we heard across the radios, the police radios and scanners, there was something that came across that Selena had been shot. Selena, the Tejano star, had been shot at a hotel in Corpus Christi. And we were like, what? At, at, a, ho- at a motel? A hotel? What is she doing at a motel? You know what? This, this is, they've got to have the wrong person. I mean, we were just like, I think the newsroom was like, 
in denial, skeptical, suspicious. Who were they talking? They can't possibly be talking about Selena Quintanilla. I mean, please. KSAB Tejano 99.9 FM. Corpus Christi's on the station. Paying tribute to uh, one of Tejano Music's uh, biggest stars, also biggest stars in the international market, Selena uh, Selena Quintanilla. And what a tragedy it is today. As you may have heard, uh, Selena passed away earlier uh, on the day uh, due to a gunshot wound. And uh, just a big tragedy. And uh, on, on Tejano music all around the world and uh, international music is just a big love. We had already sent two reporters down to Corpus Christi to gather the real facts and to try to find out what happened and interview the, the detectives and police who were on the scene and see who was there and see if it was true. Was Selena dead? I mean, could it happen just like that? I mean, it was like she was like, it wasn't she was shot and injured. It was she was just shot dead. And you know, it, it puzzles me how, how someone can go and shoot someone. Uh, I mean, what goes through their mind when they do this? You know, especially a person like Selena who's helped out the community. Uh, apparently, this is unconfirmed, but the person who shot Selena uh, had been her president here in Corpus Christi, the Selena fan club president, and um, was hired by Selena to run one of her stores, her clothing stores. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't understand what happened. But, uh, you know, at an early age, 23 years old, she had so much to go. And so then later we would find out that she was in fact killed and the story grew even more and more strange um and and just weird and bizarre because it was how could it have been her assistant you know her her right hand person shot her in a motel room and so there were so many questions about what happened what what was the conversation what led to the shooting why would her like her confidant and best friend shoot her the lady that ran her boutique on broadway this was just the strangest thing. And I remember I, my head was spinning because I was like, I just met this woman. I met Yolanda. And I, I just, I met Selena. And I know them. And I know both of them. And I mean, how can this be? This is just the strangest thing that, that could happen. You know, it was like a, it was like the Twilight Zone. It was surreal. Okay, we got a caller. B? Yeah, I'd like to pay tribute to Selena. Okay. I'd like to say, um, coming from a Hispanic background, that Selena, I mean, for a woman, she made it really big, and it really brings to, to the Hispanic women of today. She really made it big, and I'd just like to say it's just a sadness that uh, someone that big had to go through something like this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this is James. Yeah, James. Uh-huh. You're live on KSB. Can I help you? Oh, yeah. Well, um... I knew Selena, or she came to our school and sang for us and everything whenever I was in elementary because I lived in Lake Jackson with her. Yeah. And I just wanted to say that I'm shocked about her death and everything because uh-huh. she really inspired my life. I mean, that someone like her would come and sing for us, and we're just little kids and everything. And I'd just like to say that I can't believe she's dead. Yeah. Well, none of us can, James. And thanks for calling all the way from, uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Rockport. Rockport, Texas. Thank you, James. All right, you're welcome. And across the country that day, Selena's close friends and those in her inner circle start hearing the news. Like Julie Ramirez, the woman who designed some of Selena's most iconic looks. Where were you when you heard the news that she was killed? In California. I was waiting for her to come over there. She was going to play at the sports arena, and it was a sold-out show. And I was at a relative's house... And uh, I had gone over there to visit with them. Um, and so when I, they started coming in and some of the cousins started coming in and saying, we just heard Selena got shot. And I called Abraham and I asked him, I said, what's going on? What happened? Tell me it's not true. And 
He couldn't even talk. He just said, it is true, you need to come to Corpus. And as the facts started to come out and details came out of what was happening and what happened in that motel room, you know, it started to sink in and become more real that Selena was in fact dead. And it looked like it was at the hands of Yolanda Saldivar who pulled the trigger and shot her. But as far as like why and what led up to it and what was the discussion and what what were they talking about? What could have made Yolanda snap or become so angry and lose it that she would shoot her best friend or shoot the woman that she worked for and admired and, you know, loved and looked up to as a sister, as a daughter? Um, I mean, what what would prompt her to shoot Selena? And back outside the day's end, as the standoff with Yolanda Salivar goes on, fans and onlookers start showing up. Fans have maintained a vigil at the motel throughout the day, apparently hoping to get a glimpse of the woman who gunned down the number one female Tejano artist. Why did you decide to come out here today? Uh, big fans of Selena and her group. And also she, but the business that I work at, she used to go on and shop at the, at the mall. It must be a sad day for you. It's, yeah, for, I think for all of Corpus Christi, it's a very sad day. Hostage negotiator Larry Young lets Yolanda know that his shift is winding down. Now, let me tell you something, Yolanda. I've been on the phone for a while talking to you, and I'd like to stay on the phone talking to you. (laughs) But I'd much rather go out there and talk to you in person. I really would. But my supervisor has just got through telling me that that, um, he's going to take me off the phone. (laughs) He's going to take me off the phone here in a few minutes. And uh, another another friend of mine, his name is Isaac, is going to talk to you on the phone. You know, I want to ask you again. You know, let me come out there and help you. I really want to do this. Over and over again, he tells Yolanda to put the gun down. He doesn't let her know that Selena is dead. But then, with radio interference bleeding through the phone line, Yolanda hears it herself. I don't know anything about that. I didn't hear it on the radio. I don't know anything about that. Where's this radio at? I don't know. Is that a real radio? Is the radio on this on the telephone? The radio on the telephone? Yes. The radio interference is certainly unplanned, throwing a curveball into a fragile situation, pushing Yolanda closer to the brink. But Larry Young keeps going, keeps talking. Put the gun back down on the floor, okay? <laughs> Put the gun on the floor so I can come out there. You need you need somebody to be with you. Oh, my God, Larry. You need somebody to be with you, and I'll be with you. As the tense negotiation continues, with Larry Young calmly offering comfort and urging Yolanda to surrender, Yolanda suggests something else led her to the brink. Allegations against Selena's father, Abraham Quintanilla. Yolanda claims he threatened her and pushed her out of the family. You don't know what I'm going through, Larry. No, baby, I don't know what you're going through. I can only I can only believe what you're telling me, and I do believe with all my heart that this man has been doing you very wrong. He pushed me to this. I know, baby. I know he did. He pushed me to this. I know he did. He pushed me to this, Larry. But don't let him push you any further. 
<laughs> Yolanda goes on to make more allegations, ones that will come up later in front of a jury. This man was so evil to me. He was so evil. My father even told me, he warned me about that. He said, you better get out of there, Yolanda, because this man is going to trap you. He's going to trap you to the point that he's going to incriminate you. Trap you. I never listened to my father. Look, look what happened. <laughs> Yolanda, you need to be able to tell people what, what happened about Abraham. About I've been telling said. people, but nobody listens oh, to me. Oh, people are going to listen. I'm listening. There are going to be a lot of people that listen. After many hours, Larry Young hands the phone off to another negotiator. Isaac Valencia takes over. Yolanda tells him it was an accident. Are we going to show her the gun? Yeah. I'm going to tell him to tell him I'm going to kill myself. And as I pulled it out, I just went off because the barrel was back. Barrel I didn't back. mean to do it. Look, look, look at what you're saying. Look, listen to what you just told me, okay? <laughs> Yolanda, you know, that's the funny thing about guns. They're dangerous and, and accidents happen. Yeah, that is exactly why I purchased it. To kill myself. I even like told that? people I was going to kill myself, not Selena. Mm -hmm. I didn't tell anybody I was going to kill anybody. Yeah. You need to get a grip of yourself. And you're doing that right now. Look at that. You just pointed that out to me. You're saying it was an accident? You know, your experience with a gun is, is, is almost non-existent. <laughs> It's easy to see how someone can make a mistake with a gun, an accident. Those things happen. Those, unfortunately, God knows those things happen. How do we know that the gun, the gun wasn't uh, improperly set? The gun, the, the, there could be a problem with the gun. The idea that Yolanda was threatening to kill herself with Selena standing nearby and that the gun went off accidentally will later be analyzed and discussed and argued in court in front of a judge and a jury. But for now, Valencia is doing whatever he can to convince Yolanda to put the gun down and give up. As daylight starts to fade, Yolanda stays put inside the red truck. The negotiation continues. More than eight hours into the standoff, Corpus Christi Police Chief Henry Garrett addresses a crowd of reporters. Yeah, hi. Sorry, a bit of commotion here right now. We have with us the Corpus Christi Police Chief. Chief, what is the latest here right now? Nothing's changed in the last year. The last uh, eight hours or so, we've been negotiating with the young lady. We're going to continue to do that. With the tent standoff happening nearby, the chief is calm, composed, telling reporters they'll keep talking to Yolanda, doing what they can to bring Selena's killer in peacefully. The negotiators are talking to her, she, and she's continued to talk, and we're going to continue to talk to her, and hoping that we can uh, get to the end of it. And that's what they do. They keep talking, coaxing. You're sitting out there right now in a lot of pain and a lot of grief, being tested in so many ways, Yolanda. Now's the time to put a stop to it. Now's the time to start that road back. Now's the time to get things straight. Valencia shifts back to what happened when the gun went off, teasing the idea that it was an accident, that Yolanda Saldivar never meant to kill her best friend. Now's the time to tell your side. If it was an accident, Yolanda, if, if the gun is faulty, that's a poorly manufactured gun that has some problems with it. Now's the time to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> Perhaps it's the passing of hours and the fatigue and the emotion, but the conversation seems to take on a different tone. Now's the time to correct what's happened. 
If Larry Young was softer, quieter, Valencia is more urgent and strident, almost harsh at times. I know it's difficult, but you need to start focusing in on what's happening around you. The, the, the reality of it, it's time now to, to wake up. <laughs> it's time to get back on track. And again, Yolanda says it was an accident that Selena told her not to use the gun on herself. Yolanda, it sounds like there was an accident there, but let me ask you this. It sounds to me like you had made a promise to Selena. The promise that you weren't going to hurt yourself. Yeah, but I couldn't live with it anymore with her father. I couldn't live with it anymore. I have witnesses that I tried and I tried. And the gun went off. Okay, Yolanda. Valencia reminds Yolanda what she's been saying, that she has a story to tell. You know, obviously there's been some things going on here, Yolanda. And you need, you need to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> I think nobody's going to believe me. How do you know? Because you know, I've been trying to tell people since Yolanda. February. Nobody listens to me. Yolanda, let, let, me, let me put it this way. You said you've been trying... Which people you've been trying to tell? I've been telling Selena. I've been telling her mom. I've been telling everybody. And they don't listen to me. Okay. They say, they say I'm lying, I'm lying, I'm okay. lying. All right. And this is what it has led it to. This is what it led it to. Okay, you, you talk, you say all these people didn't believe. But let me tell you something. There are a lot of other people out there wondering right now. They're all thinking, <laughs> I mean, these things just don't happen. There must be something more to this. But then, a glimmer of hope. Yolanda says she's ready to get out. I want to talk to Larry because I want to I wanna get off the drug. Well, now's the time to do it. I want to do it, but I want you to get off there. I want to talk to Larry. Valencia tells her Larry can come back, but only if she commits to getting out, to ending the standoff. More time passes. More words over the phone line. And then... Tell him not to turn them on, and I'm coming out. Right now? Right now. Sure. I'm ready to tell the lieutenant that. Lieutenant? Okay. I'm, I'm going to relay the message to him, okay? Yeah. Now hold the line a second while I do that, all right? Just hold the line, all right? Yolanda? Mm-hmm. Okay. I got the word. Everything is set. The, need, the thing that has to happen, you need to put the gun down on the floorboard and come on out. Now, you know... We got this to be uh, 7 o'clock, you know, because at 7 o'clock, I can't control the lights coming on. But if you come out before 7, you'll avoid the lights. And Larry can be out there. As a matter of fact, I understand Larry's already moving in that direction now. We're ready to go. Are you ready? Amazing what's going to happen to me. What's going to happen to you, you're going to get help, you're going to get your lawyer, and you're going to get your family. That's what's going to happen. More time goes by. She's still not ready. Valencia stays at it. Tell me when you have your feet out the door. You can do it. I'm opening the door. Okay, good. We only got a few minutes left. And we can still make that deadline and get out of there. Okay? I want to help you do, walk through that and, and avoid those lights. But she's not ready. Come on, is the door open? I closed it back down. Now open it up, Yolanda. The standoff continues. Yolanda stays put, but you can feel the exhaustion and emotion wearing her down. Okay. This is what we're going to do. Are you ready to come out? Yeah. Okay. All right. We need to get uh, the instructions ready. You got the gun down? Valencia assures her Larry Young is nearby, ready to meet her, to keep her safe. Tell me when your door's open. 
Okay? <laughs> I don't see Larry anywhere. He'll be there, but Yolanda, to show that you're ready to come out, you need to open up the door. With Valencia on the phone, Larry Young approaches the truck. Just listen to what he says and just do it, okay? And basically, he's going to ask you to step out to the, to the back of the truck where he can get to you, okay? Okay. And then you have that jacket that you wanted to cover you with, okay? Yeah, middle. It's almost over. More minutes go by. Yolanda can hear Larry Young now. Listen to Larry. Larry's at the back waiting for you. Listen to Larry. He's at the back of the truck waiting for you. Is it the back of the truck waiting for you? <laughs> I know. Move to him. If you know, now move to him. It's time to do it. Open the door and come on outside. Finally, after more than nine hours, Yolanda steps out of the truck. Move toward Larry. Okay? Keep moving toward Larry. All right? You're gonna come this way, Larry. Just move toward him. Yolanda, move toward Larry. <laughs> come get me, Larry. Across the parking lot, the crowd of fans and onlookers and reporters stirs. They sense the end is near, whatever the end might be. Oh, no, she's in a truck here. She's in a truck. Come on. That's it. That's it. Yolanda surrenders. She's taken into custody. The standoff is over. Across Texas, across the country, and then around the world, Selena's death and the capture of Yolanda Saldivar begins to sink in. In California, where Selena was booked to play her next concert, her friend Julie Ramirez knows she has to get back to Texas. The bright young star known as La Flor is gone. So I tried getting a flight out the next morning and I couldn't. I mean, they kept telling me the flights were full. And so finally I got desperate and I called back and I said, y'all do know the singer Selena Quintanilla and all this? Oh yeah, we know and all that. I said... Well, I was here waiting for her, and I need to get back to Corpus. They said, oh, yes, in that case, we'll, we'll put you on a flight back. And still, no one knows exactly why this woman, who claimed to be her best friend or fan club president, why she'd done what she's done. Was it an accident, or did something darker, something inexplicable, drive Saldivar to fire that gun, to bring Selena's life to an end? I never got to meet her personally. And, and it hurt. I really did. I guess it's the, just a regret that we never really got to see her. Next time on Selena, a star dies in Texas. You know, when anger gets carried away, uh, you know, if, if, if it was a competition between her as the fan club manager versus Selena's father, who was the real manager, getting him back by taking Selena out, even though that sounds very devious. Sometimes that kind of twisted thinking happens. Selena, A Star Dies in Texas, is a Vault Studios production in collaboration with our network of TV stations in Texas. Special thanks to my colleague, Grace White at KHOU. The Vault Studios team includes executive producers Will Johnson and Adam Ostro, and investigative journalist Jessica Knoll. 
audio production by Richard Humphreys at Tacoma Media in Silver Spring, Maryland. Visit our website at vaultstudios.com to learn more about our podcasts, including Bardstown and The Officer's Wife. And you can find us on Facebook at Inside the Crime Vault if you'd like to talk about this case and learn about other stories we're covering. For Vault Studios and KIIII-TV, I'm Rudy Trevino.